You're listening to the Co-Creator Network. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Good afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt, director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and I'd like to begin here today by calling out to the helping spirits to be with us. So I call out to your ancestors and to mine. I call out to all of those who bring that which is good and true and beautiful through that human lineage into our lives. I call out to these ancestors to stand behind us, to whisper in our ears and guide us, to help us to find the way through the challenges of our own time in a way that allows us to bring out that which is truly our medicine to bring to the world. I ask these ancestors to help us to show up and take action. I ask these ancestors to help us to be strong and true and aligned in our hearts. I ask these ancestors to help us to be clear in our minds and not get lost in delusions and deception. And I ask these ancestors to help us to remember how to be truly righteous spiritual beings, how to engage with the invisible world in a way that does not create separation and violence in the world. I ask these ancestors who have met these exact same challenges in their own way in their own time to stand with us in our time and help us to do a better job of doing what must be done for those who are coming. And I reach out past these human ancestors because, you know, in the life of this earth, this beautiful earth that we all share, we have been here a very, very short time. And so I call out to those ancestors who have been here even longer, those non-human ancestors, and ask them to help guide us true, that we remember our uniqueness in the great web of life and we live in a way that brings that uniqueness out into the world in a way that is truly a gift and a blessing for all living things. And as all of these ancestors gather round us here today, let us do our task to gather ourselves, drawing ourselves from wherever we might be in this moment we've chosen to listen, drawing ourselves in into our head and a nice deep breath and release from our heads to our hearts and another breath from our hearts down to our bellies and from our bellies let's reach down and touch the earth and for just a moment in this day stop stop all the multitasking just stop and give thanks take a moment of profound gratitude and thanks for this day for your life for the fact that you are still breathing which means you can change whatever it is before you that needs changing we give thanks to the earth for the wonder for the beauty for the diversity that's all around us all that we need is here we can simply understand how to be with it in a good way and with our gratitude to the earth on a moment of wonder true wonder in life let us begin to send our energy down into the earth sending our gratitude in every layer of the earth as we go down through the earth 
and finally into the very center of the earth. And let us anchor our energy firmly there in whatever way you imagine the center of the earth. Imagine yourself connecting there and tuning into the deep, unique energy of the earth, that which restores and replenishes and renews, that which refreshes, that which is the energy that ultimately becomes the creative expression of abundance here on the face of the earth. Let us tune into that energy before and draw this energy up into our life to nourish and refresh us, drawing this energy up into our body. And let us use this energy to learn from the earth how to be grounded, not how to hug a tree and be grounded off that tree in that moment, but to learn in ourselves to be grounded, to make that choice, to from that come to know where we stand. And when we know where we stand, to know what we stand for in life and to build a sense of home, a sense of belonging, a sense of place here in the world based on that. And let that home be open to those who are other than you are. It's just simply too easy to create a sense of belonging and home by surrounding yourself by other people who think and look exactly like you. That time has passed. It is time for us to open ourselves and our hearts to those who are different and ask them to speak to us, to share with us, to be different than we are, that we might be inspired and cajoled and provoked to become better versions of the men and women that we have come here to be. And we ask the energy of the earth and its profound, profound power of diversity to inspire this within us, to open up to that which is other and embrace it. And in this way, let us come into better relationship with all the many aspects of ourself, better relationship with our environment, better relationship with all those living things around us, human and otherwise, and better relationship with the invisible world. And in this way, let us be blessed each day with at least a moment, one moment of feeling ourselves in that great web of life. And may we take our sense of right relationship from that and extend that out into all of our other relationships. And so with the energy of the earth moving in us and flowing in us and educating us about how to be here in form in a good way, this wisdom of manifestation, let us draw that energy up from our bellies to our hearts and in the next breath from our hearts to our heads and the next breath from our heads up and out into the sky and whatever weather it holds for you at this moment out through the sky, out through the atmosphere, and all the way out through the cosmos, and all the way to the highest power of the universe. By whatever way you know that, if you name it, name it. If you just conceive of it, conceive. If you're just imagining it, imagine. But touch it, and let it touch you, and draw this energy down, these radiant energies from above, drawing it down into yourself, into your day, into these proceedings. In this way, we draw in the essence energy of blessing. Blessings and protection. We call these energies in to be with us in this day that we might be better able to do what we are uniquely here to do. And so we call in this energy that is commitment and devotion. We call in this energy that inspires and illuminates the way. We call this energy in that is so much more. We draw it into our head, our heart, our belly, and send it all the way down to the center of the earth. And in this way, we draw down the energies from above and up the energies from below and become this great meeting place of these two legendary lovers, earth and sky. 
And we become this place where their big love is resident. And may the big love of these two energies awaken the spirit of our hearts. May our hearts open to be the crucible of transformation that they are, to call up the fiery passions of our belly and call down the crystal clarity of our mind and to bring these energies together in our hearts into a dance, into a dance of dynamic tension, for they are two very different energies. And let that difference, that friction that is created, give birth to the third and most sacred thing that you carry in this world, which is why you are here. That memory, that intuition, maybe a vision of why it is that you are here. And may you do something in this day, large or small, to make that gift that you bring to the world manifest in some way. And I give great gratitude to all the spirit help that is in each of our lives, known and unknown, that helps us to do that. May what needs to be said be said here today, what needs to be heard be heard, and may these proceedings go forward in a way that is good for all living things. You know, every time I do this invocation, it's always a little bit different, but I think about how there's this enormous group of people that love the invocation and sometimes just listen to the invocation and don't listen to the rest of the show, and these other people that can't stand it and wish I would just get on with the show. It's fascinating, this world that we live in, and how do we do it in a way that embraces everyone? And their unique perspectives. It is quite a challenge to live in a good way these days. And I want to give thanks to those of you that are helping me do that. So I give thanks to Julie and Elray and Mark, Jeffrey, Denise, Derek, Katrina and Kayleen and all the others who have donated financially to the show. It costs me thousands of dollars every year, or it would cost me thousands of dollars every year to do this show that is free to anyone who can get onto the internet anywhere. And it's uh, the archives are over 300 hours, some of them more valuable than others. But nonetheless, it is a resource for those of you who can get to it. And I don't have to spend that three that thousands of dollars myself because this show is listener supported. And I give great gratitude to those of you who are able to donate financially, even those who donate very small amounts. The more of you that donate a tiny amount, the more easily everything is cared for. And I uh, give great gratitude to those who donate large amounts, small amounts, whatever it is. Um, thank you. If you want to do that for the first time, you can go to whyshamanismnow.com to the show website and click on the support button. You can donate any amount, large or small. It all goes directly to keeping the show on the air, literally. And um, if you're uncomfortable with that, you can certainly email me at christina at lastmaskcenter.org and I would be happy to give you a regular address for a regular old-fashioned check. And I'm thankful for all of it. I'm also thankful for those of you that are doing things to grow the listenership of the show by sharing and all those amazing social media things I don't really understand, but I'm glad that you do and thank you for doing it. And I'm deeply grateful for those of you that actually listen to the show and allow the ideas on the show into your life. You bring them into your journeys, into your actions, into your thinking and wrestle with them. It's not all great. And many of your questions help me understand what wasn't done so well and what was. And it's, um, it's a good thing. It's a good thing that we are doing. Overall, it is a good thing. And so I give great gratitude to all of you and all the many things that you are doing to help the show to grow. If this show moves you in any way, even if it frustrates the crap out of you, you've been moved. And I ask you to do this fundamental shamanic thing, which is to allow that which moves your heart to motivate your actions in the world. And to do something, large or small, to help the show to grow. 
and I give gratitude for that. Today's show actually is my own expression of that. It's a show I'm doing purely in gratitude for a group of you that listened to the shows last winter about the winter solstice, did the winter solstice ritual, and have been emailing me on and off over the months that have followed about how you have actually Use the benefit of that transformative ritual to change your life. And so today, this show is about the summer solstice, and it is for you and anybody else who wants to do the summer solstice ritual as well. But I am really grateful. I, I, um, I am learning through you how we can use technology to do good things in the world. And um, it's a wonderful, amazing learning experience. So thank you. We are live today, so if you have questions about today's topic, you are welcome to call in at 512-772-1938 or to Skype in from the co-creatornetwork.com site. And uh, if you just want to email me about the show, you can email Christina at lastmasscenter.org at any time, and I would be happy to respond to your questions. Um, Maybe they'll end up making a new show just like today. So... As I said, today we're talking about the summer solstice. Okay. Um, and like I said, this is this is in response to people who have said, thank you so much for that winter solstice ritual, which I did with my fingers crossed. I mean, yes, I was supported by spirit to do it, but I really wondered whether we were going to make a bigger mess than do any good in the world. So this is for those of you that um, with spirit egged me on. <laughs> and um, did the work, frankly, is what it amounts to. And as a result, have created profound changes in your life. It's amazing to read these emails. And um, the beauty of the summer solstice, or at least the way we're going to approach it here today, is it is a way to not only give gratitude for the help you get, you received from the winter fire, to give gratitude to Grandfather Fire, and all of the changes that you have made in your life, but also to use use an opportunity to step into ritual again to fine-tune your actions. And if you think about last week's show, which was about summer and the elemental energy of fire and uh, the relationship between the fire and the heart. And so it's about using this summer solstice ritual to help to align your actions with your heart and ever more accurately, ever more impeccably bring your actions into alignment with the course that you set in motion last winter. So this is what I'm going to endeavor to do today. So in case this is your very first time listening to the show and you're wondering what is she talking about, last winter uh, prior to the solstice time, um, I received a, I journeyed and asked about that solstice and was told that it in particular was an opportunity for those who were prepared to make a sudden change and that a fire ritual at the time of that winter solstice um, could support people in dropping their old stories and dropping their lies. In other words, the lies we tell ourselves. And I found that the listeners who did prepare, who did listen to the wisdom from the four archetypal teachers and who did prepare, who did participate in their own rituals, 
Many of them have been able to seize that opportunity for a sudden shift into a new version of themselves and their lives. And in particular, this new version was one that was somewhat more aligned with their true calling or their soul's calling. Um, so some some people have shared with me that yes, they did the ritual and yes, it helped them to change things and these are the challenges, what could I do? Some have emailed from suggestions. But all in all, mostly what these emails have done is simply inspired me um, to believe more fully in what can be done through a medium like a podcast. Um, I really had no idea that what we shared in a series of four podcasts, it's four hours, it's not a lot, um, could be used so effectively and that you could make uh, this shamanic ritual of transformation work so well in your own lives. See, in the cycle teachings, we do elemental rituals all week, each week of the teachings and set profound transformational processes in motion in our lives, which we then tend over the next months, learning the skills to do that. We fine tune again six months later, kind of like we are right now with this show about the summer solstice. But in that situation, I'm physically with people. I am divining the rituals for those people in that moment. I'm there guiding the ritual that I have um, not control but I, I am there to shape it and to work with spirit for it and to serve on behalf of these people. And I understand how that works. And it's, it's enormously profound in people's lives. What I didn't understand is we could do some small version of that via four podcasts. I really, frankly, didn't believe it. So <laughs> it's really kind of amazing. And so this moves my heart. And so I am doing what I ask each of you to do, the beginning of every show, which is to allow that which moved my heart to move me into action and to do my best to create the show today. So here are some ideas for a summer solstice ritual that will seize the unique opportunity in this summer solstice, which is to align the heart. So if we connect to last week's show, what we're really talking about is aligning the two spirits of the heart, which is the Ling spirit, the very personal inner spirit of the heart that is connected to the soul and the soul's calling, and the Shen spirit, which is the heart energy we present to the world. And to make sure that that which we present to the world and that which we are doing, that which is guiding our action in the world, is aligned and in good communication with that inner spirit, the Ling spirit that is really in deeper communication with our soul. It is more private. And so this summer solstice fire is an opportunity to align um, our action, to align our heart and thus to better align our actions with our heart. And to move forward then towards the manifestation of our calling. Okay, so if you don't understand what the hell I'm talking about, because again, this is the first time you're listening to the show, that's fine. Just listen to last week's show, which was about working with the summer season and the fire and the heart. Um, now, pause. If you did not do the winter solstice ritual, you can still do a summer ritual. I mean, part of the medicine of my manifestation of shamanism because everybody does it differently is the recognition that I am a person from a broken culture as many of you are and that I am not a first people I, I, I do not have an unbroken shamanic culture to draw on 
that I am new. I'm a child. I'm an infant in this work. I come from a broken system and all I can do is ask the questions and begin to build again. And so for that very reason, anybody can jump into this work at any time because it's the only way we're going to repair things. We can't wait for it to be fixed so we can all do it right. We have to fix it in the process of learning to do it right. So, yeah, you can do your summer solstice ritual even if you didn't do the winter. If you are going to do that, though, you're going to need to do some additional preparation because you need to get clear on the version of you and your life that you are wanting to manifest because this is what people who did the winter solstice ritual have already done. They've gotten somewhat more clear on who am I and what life do I want to be manifesting through my actions in the world? They, they started doing that six months ago. And everything in this summer solstice ritual is going to refer back to that. So you need something to refer back to. And so you need to spend some time in meditation or journeys to get really clear on who am I and what life do I want to be manifesting in the world. And when you get clear on that, then you have something to refer back to as well. Because everything in the ritual is relative to that transformation and that manifest that transformation and manifestation um, that that you're doing, whether you're just getting clear about what you're doing now to do the summer solstice ritual, or you got clear about setting that in motion last winter. Um, so anyway, the point is spend some time to do that, and you're welcome to join in to the summer uh, ritual as we move forward. So in this series of shows for the winter ritual, I went to the four archetypal teachers of the cycle of transformation to ask for guidance and how we could all prepare to seize that opportunity of the winter solstice. So for those of you that didn't do that, going back to those shows to listen, particularly to those shows might be helpful to hear the wisdom that was given through these four um, archetypal teachers and to get get more clarity about what you're doing now who you are and what life you're living and you know and by the way this answers a question I did get an email from a listener I didn't respond to um, because there was too much going on in my life at the time but but the listener asked you know why those four teachers why not four other archetypes and I so first off one I use the word archetype differently than many people do. I see archetypal energies as energies that are true code. They are energies that exist in the universe before there was an earth. And that what we we humans experience as archetypal mother or archetypal father are our human experience of those energies. And that's what most people consider an archetype. They consider archetypes just aspects of a human experience. But I actually believe that Jung was tapping something much larger than just the human experience. It is manifest in the human experience, but I believe it's bigger than that because we see animals mothering and fathering. You know, we see other beings here on earth, um, plants and animals manifesting archetypal energies in their own way. And so my sense is that the archetypes, the true archetypal energies, the deep code exists prior to these manifestations here on earth and from my particular system of shamanism that i teach we try to tap that code we try to go to those deep true code energies in in what i call the archetypes 
and learn from them. And so these four archetypal energies, the warrior, teacher, teacher leader, um, visionary, and healer are essential in the trans- in our transformational work. And from a shamanic perspective, at least my shamanic perspective, life is transformational work. That is why we're here. We are here. We arrive with gifts. We're here to use those gifts, to connect with spirit, to gain the gifts that are here in this life, to be received, and to give those, and to use that in some unique way to manifest the gifts that are unique to this life, the medicine that's unique to this life. That's life. That's why we're here, from my perspective. And and I've learned this perspective through my shamanic experience in life. I wasn't raised to see things this way. I learned this from the spirits. And this is, this is how I live. It seems to work for me. So here we go. Now we got podcasts. I mean, that's kind of where this all comes from. And so this whole, you know, why these archetypes, not others? Well, because this is actually the system spirit taught me. And it works for me and for those who study with me. So that's why. It doesn't change. It's not random. It's not personal. It's not actually from a small human perspective. It's actually a, the the perspective of trying to get outside of the smallness of my human experience and understand how to move uh, in the world, understanding the bigger picture. So that was a much longer answer than I was planning on saying about that. But anyway, moving right along then. I did want to respond to another listener who did do the winter ritual. And uh, what Patricia said is, uh, this winter fire ritual was very powerful and meaning to me. And I, for one, am very grateful to you for having shared the teachings. I'm living in harmony with the seasons and hope you continue to share these teachings. In one of the podcasts, you made a reference that you thought um, it was maybe not so smart to have done that. And I was curious why. And I, I did want to respond to this. And this is... Because it answers a whole bunch of other emails that I got. The reason talking about ritual on a podcast or printing quote-unquote rituals in a book for people to do is because you will not be there to supervise. You will, you will by definition, as a practitioner, sending people off to do these things, not be there to oversee what is happening. Ritual creates change. And for people that are not skilled with ritual, diving into conducting a ritual that is over their head can be dangerous. And, you know, many of the clients that I see are seeing me because in their dark, you know, heavy metal drug use time in their life, they engaged in ritual, in dark ritual. And it it changed things in their life and now they can't get out of it because they were in over their heads and they didn't know what they were doing. And um, the ritual itself, in and of itself, is not necessarily harmful. Conducting it without knowing what you're doing is. The same thing with ayahuasca without the Icarus, without the people who know how to conduct that ritual. Any kind of shamanic ritual done outside of context without the right people overseeing it is potentially dangerous. So that's why. On the other hand... You know, what I asked for for the winter solstice ritual was guidance from those teachers to offer something anybody who was listening could do safely. And so that was a safeguard built into the questions in the first place. I asked for something that wouldn't be over our heads. 
but would engage those of you who really do listen regularly and really are bringing things into your life and changing things. And you, you deserve the ritual basically is what the teachers told me. And I said, well, okay, fine, but I'm not going to do something that's going to harm people. And so that was the deal, you know, is that they would give me guidance that I could share in the podcast that would give you all a ritual that would be valuable and powerful for you to do, but would not be dangerous. Okay. Which leads me to the last piece of this, which is, and this is why I suggested then, and I'm suggesting again today, that you do the ritual at your level. So in other words, someone who's never done this before, when the step you need to do in the ritual is call in spirit, you're going to do that to the best of your ability. Don't go Google online and find some crazy, wild, advanced way to do that and do that because you're going to end up getting spirit help you're not ready to deal with. Do it at your level and it will work because spirit's given us this ritual to do. So it will work. It will be beneficial for you and it will work at a level you can process and integrate. And I can't tell you how many emails I received panicked right before the winter ritual. I don't know how to do these things. And I answered all of them exactly the same way. Do it at your level and you will create a ritual that will be safe for you and effective for you. We have to trust in the messages from spirit about this. And so I feel the same way about this one. Do it at your level. Trust that spirit has given us something we can all do at our level and it will be beneficial to us. Okay. So part of the point I'm trying to make here, though, is there's some people that are doing kick-ass work. I mean, serious, life-transforming work by the way they're integrating what they're taking out of the podcast into their lives. And so I wanted to share this poem that was inspired by another listener um, uh, who's truly grasped and manifested the power of the fire ritual in his life. And... Um, There are many emails about that. There's not really anything from them that I would feel comfortable sharing. But I want to share this poem that he shared um, that was inspired by a different show. It was a show about essence energies, I believe. But it illustrates to me the depth that many listeners are working at. And this is why this is so inspiring. And this is a lovely poem, a way to focus your energy before you engage in this summer solstice. Because the summer energy is about fire. Fire out of control is tricky energy, right? And so we want to be sure that we're really tuning into the essence of the fire, the essence of our hearts, and the essence of these energies that support us and really move things at that humble and essential place, not a fiery ego-driven place. And so I wanted to share this poem kind of as a centering place for you all Um in relationship to this um, summer solstice. So again, this is from um, another radio show listener. To the essence energies of our universe, I summon your powers each day. I tend to thee in thoughts, words, and actions to manifest your brilliance in every way. You nourish me when hungry and forgive when I wander astray. Through nurturing your power, I too forgive those small things which have taken me by the way. May our hearts seek thy truth for all directions and with every sense. You are the dream of our ancestors and all who seek thee forever and ever. Amen. 
Not bad, huh? Okay. So, moving on to our solstice ritual. So, I'm sorry, before we move on. So, if you use that poem, at the end, offer gratitude to that anonymous listener who has given that to us all through his work with Why Shamanism Now. Okay, so here we go. So last week, we looked at the summer energetically. Summer, as I said, is a season of fire. Elementally, elementally, fire is about full expression, action, manifestation in the world. It's not about more and more journeys and visions. It's about making it real, rubber on the road. Okay, so when the heart or the fire is in balance, then we as humans experience the flow of love and joy. And I don't just mean human, romantic, summer fling love. I mean the big universal energy that's connecting all things, moving through us, love and joy. I'm not saying you're satisfied and happy. Right? I'm saying this is big love and big joy. And so we experience creativity and the excitement of creative expression, enthusiasm, wonder. In the midst of that enthusiasm, if this is true yang energy coming through a balanced heart, we feel honor and sincerity because we know that we are in service of something that is bigger than we are. It has just blessed us by choosing to move into the world through us. And it is a wondrous state of full manifestation okay so given that so that's the energy we're working with with a summer fire right it's big it's brilliant it's beautiful big heart energy okay so i've gone back now to each of the four archetypal teachers and asked how you could use the fire how we could all use the fire to connect with each of the teachers with a question and that that question would help to focus our actions as we, as we move, well, at least in the Northern Hemisphere, sorry, those of you in the summer, some Southern Hemisphere, but as we in the Northern Hemisphere move into the summertime, how we can fine-tune our actions to better manifest that which we set in motion back in the winter. Um, so I don't want to run out of time. So I'm actually going to start with their answers to make sure I can have time to talk about those thoroughly and then we'll talk about the ritual itself. So it's a little bit disjointed. Uh, it's a little bit backwards, but oh well. A little trickster in the mix never hurt anybody. Okay. So when you get to the part of the ritual that is about asking the teachers these questions because it literally in the body of the ritual and I'll talk about that at the end I'll make sure we don't run out of time you're going to be turning to face each of the four directions and each direction is one of the four teachers and you are going to be in the ritual asking the teacher for personal clarity about your actions I mean this is the thing about action shamanically right by the time you get to action it's usually very specific and so I can't give you your actions, your answers about your actions, right? I can set a ritual in motion for you to ask the questions, but the answers are different for each one of us when we get down to what it is we need to actually do. And that is one of the hardest things for people to grasp, especially working with me as a practitioner, is there is a level at which it is not my job. And it doesn't matter what you do, you're not going to suck me into trying to do that for you. How we choose to act, what we think, what we say, what we do, that's on us all the time, every day. Okay, 
And that's built into this ritual, which is a summertime ritual, which is the energy is all about action. So it all makes sense. Okay. So when you get to the part of the ritual where you're going to be asking the teachers questions, you're going to begin facing south. So you're going to, so you, so imagine there's a circle, which is either just a circle that you've drawn. That's you with your fire in the center, or maybe you've got people doing this with you. So there's people standing on the circle. Right, with the fire in the center. So the people are going to step into, not the fire, but the space between the circle and the fire. And then turn outward. So back is to the fire. Everybody's facing south. Okay. And, and you're going to be either rattling or drumming uh, yourselves or have the rattle or drum playing in the background. But basically this would be at, the, at a journey rhythm, just a constant repetitious journey rhythm. Okay. So you call out to the healer, right? And so this is what the healer said to me, that the big fear that arises when we want to take action. So this is all about the fears that arise when we start to act, right? Okay. So the big fear that arises in the South is the fear of death. However, the healer says, the issue for you all at this time is not an issue about trusting that rebirth will come. Like, okay, I'll lie down and die because I trust rebirth will come. That's not the issue. And the issue isn't about accepting death because there is a certain, okay, I'll accept death kind of thing going on. It's not about death and rebirth. The issue that holds you back from full manifestation is about refusing to surrender to the nothingness that is between death and rebirth. So it's about not surrendering to that nothingness. Okay. And so the action needed is surrender. All right. So the question that you ask the healer is where, meaning where in my life, in myself or in my life. Okay. So where must I surrender to nothingness until I can feel the fullness of my heart wanting to be born into something new okay so where must i surrender to nothingness until i can feel the fullness of my heart wanting to be born into something new okay so when you feel you've received the answer from the healer um even if you don't fully understand it even if you just got a big energy uh, burst and you don't even know what it means yet if you've received what the healer has to offer you then thank the healer and move around the circle you're going to move a quarter turn around the circle okay so then that brings you to the west so you're standing facing the west fire is at your back and you call out to the warrior okay so what the warrior said to me is that the big fear that's arising in the west for you as a group, is the fear of stepping out of your story of expectations, of roles, of judgments, of valuing or the devaluing of other people. So it's the fear of truly stepping out of a lifetime of caring about what other people think about you, okay, or what you think other people are thinking about you. So the issue that holds you back from full manifestation is this continuing to value what other people think or what you perceive other people think? Okay. So the warrior says that the action needed at this time going forward from the fire 
is fierce loving commitment without hesitation. Fierce loving commitment without hesitation. And so the warrior question is, so you're you're facing the West and you're calling in the warrior and then you're going to ask, where do my actions need to step up my fierce loving commitment to my true self? So where do your actions need to step up in your fierce loving commitment to your true self? Now you could substitute true calling there. It, it kind of depends on what you feel you're doing right now. Is, is what you're doing more focused on a more authentic manifestation of you as a person and it's just affecting everything in your life? Or are you somewhat more focused on the, on the manifestation of your calling, what you're doing in the world? And you, so you can decide. You can adjust that question. So the question can be, where do my actions need to step up my fierce loving commitment to my true self? Or it could – don't do both. Well, maybe you could do both. But anyway, or it could be, where do my actions need to step up my fierce loving commitment to my true calling? Either way, you're going to have to decide which is more – aligned with what you're doing at this time okay so when you feel you've received the answer from the warrior even if you don't like it even if you don't fully understand it but you feel that you've received what the warrior is going to offer you then thank the warrior and then we move around the circle another quarter turn which would bring you to the north now just a little sidebar here if you're actually doing this ritual with others you don't have to move in unison as a group. Um, once you're complete with your questions, all four questions, and you're receiving your answers, then you can just step back into that outer circle and keep rattling and drumming for the others as they finish asking their questions. So if you are doing this with other people, this doesn't have to move in lockstep. You, know, you can move through your four questions um, at your own pace. So what that also means practically speaking is it would be really good to um, write out the four questions and make sure you each have them so that as you face each direction, you can just read the question to yourself accurately. Okay? All right. So we're in the north now. So when you get to the north, the fire is at your back and you call out to the teacher. And in this system that you would be using to do this ritual – it's the teacher leader sovereign. There's a lot of energy in this particular archetypal energy. Um, I just refer to it as the teacher, but keep in mind, don't um, reject your answer if it feels like your answer is more about leadership or sovereignty because these energies all come together in this particular um, archetype in this shamanic system. Okay. So the teacher says that the big fear that arises in the north right now is simply the fear of power. And I totally agree. There, people are so afraid to misuse their power that they don't use it thinking or basically not realizing, I guess I should say, that not using your power is a profound abuse of power. That you have been given gifts in life. Your, your task in life is to use those gifts for life. And in so doing, to grow, to change. If you're working with your spirit help, 
perhaps to gain new gifts in this life and in the doing of all of that to bring some unique medicine here to the world and to be a blessing to the world that this is this is um critical right and so fear of our power undermines that entirely and since power you know we we are so afraid of power we've so bought into the system that when i say power my guess is most of you thought of misuse of power because they're synonymous in our brains these days instead of being willing to use the right words use your words power in and of itself is is a neutral force it is a force but it is a neutral force where it gets directed and how it gets directed to find whether it's misused or not misused abused um maligned um and we see so much power over power of dominance power misuse that we've just begun to make that synonymous with power and it's not it's not it's absolutely not if we expect to become the people who can change the story for the new world we have to be powerful but we have to re uh reclaim we have to reclaim our relationship with power so the relationship itself will be different and our understanding of power will be different and so this is what the teacher is talking about okay so the issue um that we are in this summer you know it's a time of action and you're doing a ritual to further manifest a process that's already in progress and the teacher really didn't have a lot to say I mean, trying to explain to you why the teacher didn't have a lot to say. In the immortal words of Yoda, try not, do, or do not. There is no try. And this is what the teacher was saying. Just do it. Just do it. Don't be afraid of your power. Do it. If you make a big mess, learn from it. Do it differently next time. But do not try, do not hesitate, do not fumble, just shut up and do it. That is really, I mean, pardon my language, but really, that's how my helping spirits talk to me. Christina, stop whining, shut up and do it. Just do it. It won't be perfect. Make the mistakes, learn from it, do it differently next time, but get off your ass and go do it. That's how they talk to me, you know? So that's how I'm talking to you. So there we go. So, but the point of being able to do that is that you have learned to act without judgment and to act without, in a place of sincere honesty, you know? And so that's why the warrior piece comes first of stop worrying about how other people see you to just worry about yourself how you see yourself are you honored to be you this is what the teacher's talking about are you honorable to your own heart and if so do that thing now with sincere honesty and without judgment and so that's the action that the teacher's talking about I'm using all these words to talk about the teacher who had very little words. But anyway, so the action needed from the teacher's perspective is sincere honesty without judgment. And so the question to ask the teacher is, where do my actions arise from a continued confusion 
and or misuse of my power. So confusion about or misuse of my power. Okay. Where do my actions arise from a continued confusion and or misuse of my power? Okay. So this is obviously going to give you some answers about actions that need to be transformed. But don't worry about that. Have faith. Hang on to that. It's fine. So nonetheless... You know, you're going to get these actions that are arising out of continued confusion or misuse of your power. And that's fine. Just take that answer. When you feel you received it, even if you don't don't understand it completely for the teacher, then just thank the teacher and move around the circle. Trust the process. Okay? So then you're going to be in the east, the final position on the wheel, um, before you close, complete the circle to the south and then step back in the big circle. Okay, so you're facing the east, the fire's at your back, and you call out to the visionary. Okay, so now what the visionary says is that the big fear that arises in the East is the fear of being wrong and then, excuse me, and then the crippling doubt that arises out of our fear of being wrong, right? You know, we haven't even done anything yet, right? Because we've been crippled by the fear we're going to be wrong and now we're so filled with doubt we can't do anything. So nothing happens. And so the question um, reaches back then to the answers you got from the teacher, because you've got these answers from the teacher about places where you um, are being held back by your relationship with power. Okay, so where your actions are rising out of this misuse um, or abuse of power. Okay, so the action that the visionary says you need right now is right action. You know, and right action comes out of a kind of clarity, right? So the question for the visionary is, clarify the actions needed to bring my power fully to bear in the art of living my calling so this is where you're going to receive the new actions that you need Um, so you're going to find out what needs to change from the teacher and you're going to receive the new actions from the visionary okay so the question again clarify the actions needed to bring my power fully to bear in the art of living my calling. You can change that to living my true self, whichever feels more meaningful to you at this time. So when you feel you receive this answer from the visionary, even if you don't fully understand it, thank the visionary and move back to your place in the circle of the ritual. Okay. All right. So I'm going to talk about preparing and the ritual itself in the few minutes that we have left. So The reason it doesn't matter if you fully understand your answers or not in the ritual is that you can journey about it, meditate on it, work with the answers after. What's important is that you receive it and really hold it well. And the reason the fire is at your back and the teacher is in front of you is the fire is also the place of the ancestors. It's the place of the heart. You know, in a sense, it's creating this energy that's going to pull the answer from the teacher into your heart. You know, and the fire is helping to pull that energy to you. Okay, so what do you need to do to prepare? So the preparation would be for anybody doing the fire ritual, whether you did the winter ritual or not. Okay, because I've already given you the extra piece if you didn't do the winter ritual. Okay, so here's your preparation. So now, again, this is preparation given by the four teachers, guides. 
Okay. So consider through journeys and or meditations, long walks, whatever. Consider at this time in your life is your calling what you do or how you live. Okay. So at this time in your life is your calling what you do or how you live. In other words, is your calling what you do in the sense that your life is some sort of craft or path of mastery, you're an inventor, you're, you're doing your life's work in some way. So you know that you're engaged in your calling. And it can be, you know, the, the vehicle that you're doing it through can be very mundane as long as you feel like you're really doing your art in the world, right? So that's your life is your calling. For some people, though, it expresses differently. And these are both equally valuable. The purpose of discerning this is just so you can be clear going into the ritual. There, neither is better than the other. Okay, but the other one is that your <clears throat> calling is expressed in how you live your life. So it isn't so important what you do, the job that you do. What matters is who you are doing it. So... For example, someone who has many, many different teaching jobs. What matters is who they are when they're teaching. That, that their calling is really expressed in the quality of who they are through what they do. And, and, and this, this trips people up sometimes. And so the, spirit, the helping spirits are just saying, clarify this for yourself. It will help you be more clear in the ritual. Like I said, neither is better than the other. The answer has more to do with you being really clear about your calling at this time. And that's the other thing is it can change as you move through different stages in life. Again, this is just about focusing um, so that when you're asking these questions of the teachers, you're as focused as you can be about your current sense of what your calling is. And once you have some clarity about this contemplation here, about your calling at this time, whether it's your life or yourself – Right. Um, <clears throat> then you're going to begin the journey preparation or the meditation preparation, which is to ask, is, is the quality of my actions in alignment with my heart? And you may get different answers about different parts of your life, and that's fine. The issue is using this fire on the three levels that it has – to um, align the quality of your actions with your heart as you're manifesting your calling. So for every answer that you get with this question, is the quality of my actions in alignment with my heart? Um, If it's not, really just sort of tune into what are the patterns that you're doing. Don't worry about changing them or anything. Just kind of name those patterns and then make a paper flower that represents it. This is not about getting into your issues or your story or your judgments or even a process. This is the process. In other words, keep asking, is the quality of my actions in alignment with my heart? Where it's not, what are you doing instead? What's the pattern? Make a flower. What's the pattern? Make a flower. What's the pattern? Make a flower. Just think about the patterns you do that manifest the lack of alignment and make a flower, right? So you're going to arrive at the ritual with a big bouquet of paper flowers, So you'll end up with this bouquet and each flower then embodies one of the patterns you are wanting to change to create a higher quality of alignment with your heart. Okay, so you're arriving at the ritual. So just to review, remember, do all these steps at your level, right? So prepare. That's what I just talked about. And if anyone's joining you in the ritual, they need to prepare as well. 
So prepare yourself physically on that day, cleansing, dressing, all that stuff, smudging, whatever. Prepare your space with a circle large enough for everybody to be able to move around between the circle and the fire, as I've described, right? And prepare your post-ritual celebration. Okay, so then you light your fire in a sacred way. You call in spirit help. Songs are really good for that. You do your invocation. And in in the invocation, you greet the fire as a being, right? And you're, you're there asking the fire to show up for you, please, as a sacred fire. You're not assuming that it will. You're not entitled to the fire's help. You're there asking it, please, greet the fire respectfully. It's an old, old ancestor. Ask it to perform its sacred functions. And in this, and give it offerings, right? Chocolate, alcohol, be careful, don't burn yourself, herbs, tobacco, whatever. Journey to find out what you're supposed to offer. I mean, that's, it's all up to you. But the whole point is to invite the fire. And in this case, you are asking the fire to help you to align the Ling and the Shen spirits of your heart and clarify right action. Okay, so you feed the fire, asking it to become a sweet and sacred fire. And um, most important in that is treating the fire as an honored being, an honored guest. Okay, so the three stages of realignment that are, or alignment that are part of this ritual. Okay, stage number one. So in other words, you've, you've arrived, you've entered, you've lit the fire, you've called in the helping spirits to help you, you've done your invocation at the fire, you've told the fire who you are and why you're there, you're ready to go. Okay, alignment number one, old patterns. In this phase, everybody present is going to step up to the fire and release your flowers into the fire, honoring the beauty of the life you've lived and asking the fire to help you to align the quality of your actions with your heart. That's alignment number one. Alignment number two, somebody push a button, get some great dance music going, and inside the circle of the fire, you're invited to dance ideally up to a sweat and to really dance those patterns that are embodied in those flowers thrown into the fire just dance them out of your body and keep dancing until you feel for that moment in that circle with that fire alignment in your heart right so this could be 20 minutes 30 minutes right dancing 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 around the fire that's alignment number two. Okay, alignment number three is the questions that I've already described painstakingly in the body of this podcast, right? So everybody begins in the south, ask the healer the question. You begin to move around till you've all got all of your answers. Okay, so practically speaking, it helps to, as I said, it helps to have the questions with you or to have somebody speaking them out loud for everybody to then um, ask in their own mind to the to the different teachers when all of that is done when you've given thanks to all the teachers then you everybody goes to the fire to give gratitude to the fire to thank it as a being to give it offerings give gratitude for all that is done since the winter all that is going to do now songs are good for gratitude ultimately then release the helping spirits that you've called in giving thanks for their help and bow out make sure you close the ritual work with the fire before you begin your celebration. 
although you might want to bring the first bites of the celebration, maybe a bit of the first drink of the celebration, toast the fire and make those offerings to the fire. But other than that, you want to, you don't want to just ooze from the ritual space into the celebration. We need to close the sacred working with the fire and then open the celebration. And in the celebration time, make sure that you really strongly celebrate everything that has changed since the winter time. For those of you that did, particularly for those of you that did the winter solstice ritual, to give great gratitude. And, and I mean literally to toast out loud so that it is witnessed by others. I give thanks to the fire for this, this, and this, and this that has changed in my life. I, and I give thanks to so-and-so who's helped me do that. And whatever it is, but to really be out be proud, be loud in the celebration about all that has come to you since the winter time, and to give thanks to the fire for the work that it has done because you're about to focus in here now and go forward with the fire. So the most important thing is to give gratitude for the fire helping you to fully manifest your soul's calling and the power of your heart. So we give thanks to the helping spirits for helping us for being with us and assisting us again and again. We give thanks to the ancestors. We give thanks to the earth below and the sky above and the heart that unites us all. Have a wonderful solstice fire, everyone.